Welcome to this meeting of the Mayor and Denver City Council. At this weekly session, city agencies brief the Mayor and Council members on various proposals and projects across the city. This meeting of the Mayor and City Council members begins now.
introductions. Take your seats, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Council President. There you go. Come on. Council President does not play. Um, uh, all right, great to see everyone. Welcome. Thanks so much for being here. We'll start with introductions. Distinguished gentleman from District 6. Thank you, sir. Paul Cashman, South Denver, District 6. I am a distinguished person, GG. <laughs> uh, good morning. Stacy Gilmore, District 11. Floral Vidres, Lucky District 7. Good morning. Daryl Watson, Fine, District 9. Good morning. Amanda Sawyer, District 5. Uh, good morning. Serena Gonzalez Gutierrez, one of the at large members and I think that Councilman Cashman purposely sits in that spot so that he can be called a distinguished <laughs> gentleman. But thank you, sir. There is no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> um, I am Sarah Parody. I also represent the city at large. Good morning, Diana Romero Campbell, Southeast Denver in District 4. <clears throat> Good morning, Amanda Sandoval, Northwest Denver, District 1. Jamie Torres, District 3. Uh, thank you all so much. Great to see you. Um, we do have, uh, I'll actually start with announcements. I know we have, um, good to see everyone here. If there are announcements any of the council members have that they want to share with the viewing public or the folks in the room, we want to open it up for any announcements that people might have on their minds. Yes, Councilwoman Gonzalez-Gutierrez. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Mayor. I just want to, for the record, um, let everyone know that I beat the mayor um, in um, our firecrackers at the Lunar New Year. Uh, and so fact. I just want to lay that down for the record. But it was, it was really, really a lot of fun at the Far East Center celebrating um, the Lunar New Year. And this is the first year um, that the Lunar New Year will be recognized by the state as a, an official state holiday, which is really exciting. And so it was lovely to be um, joined by Councilwoman Alvidrez, Council President Torres, um, the mayor, the governor, um, uh, Congresswoman Deguette, is there anybody else I'm missing? Chief Thomas was there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was just great. Even though the, it was snowing and it was kind of wet, um, it, everyone was still in great spirits. So Aww. thank you. Even lighting firecrackers in, in, the, in the snow, that was impressive. Anyone needs to light something on fire, you should call Councilwoman Gonzalez Gutierrez. She's very <laughs> good at that. Excuse me, do, do we need a legal opinion on lighting firecrackers in the snow? Totally structured, safe. Fires. All right, next next announcement. Right here. Who? Right, me. Oh, you. Sorry, I thought you were pointing to someone. I was like, wait, who are you pointing? Council President. Uh, I, I missed it if you said it, but you are one of the legislators responsible for us having uh, the Lunar yes. Year State Holiday. So I just want to thank you again for that work and um, the beautiful overlap in, in our benefit of now having you on Denver City Council. So um, thank you for that. Um, I did want to mention I, I get the opportunity to. Um, uh, tomorrow, participate in the clerk and recorder's uh, marriage marathon on uh, council steps. So if you are so inclined to get married, please do so tomorrow, and I can potentially <laughs> officiate your, uh, your vows. So thank you so much. Aww. I was not expecting that announcement. Yes, Councilman Hines. Renew your vows. <laughs> thank you, Mayor. Well done. You did good, Mama Hines. Um, other announcements? Councilman Watson. I, I have one announcement, and I, I hate that I'm doing this after Councilman Hines. My mom's watching as well. Um, and so, so is um, mine. So yes, is mine. So, yes. so I don't want to be showed up by Councilman Hines. But happy birthday to your mom. Channel 8, I, I want to make a, uh, a, a, just a personal um, privilege uh, statement. Um, 
last night at council was not a demonstration of what democracy looks like. Um, and I, I wanted to make sure that we don't just simply skim it over. There's not a time to talk about this. This is the first time, Mr. Mayor and Madam President, and I, I'm going to take the privilege to quickly say something. Um, we as an elected body, a part of our, um, uh, this republic, a part of this democracy, we have an opportunity to sit and listen to folks and debate bills and work collaboratively for the good of the people that we serve and that we're elected to serve. Last night was not a demonstration of folks coming to listen, to engage deeply. It was a takeover of our council. We've been in council for seven months, and this is the third time this has happened. It's not simply that folks disagreed with us. It's that they sat in the chamber and berated council members, yelled at council members, laughed at council members when they discussed the death of their family members on the streets. They then stopped, um, and in case folks weren't aware of that, I speak to, about my sister dying unsheltered every time we have a discussion about um, folks living homeless. There are folks sitting in the front row laughing, jeering, and snapping as I discuss the pain of my sister and the pain that comes to my family each time I bring this forward. That's not democracy. That is not what we should be about in this city, and that's not what we are about. As we shut the meeting down because folks were berating and yelling at my co colleague to my right, um, and we all left, there was a council member that was in a room by themselves, and I chose to walk uh, with two security guards outside where there were hundreds of folks screaming and ranting um, against um, our democratic process. And as I walked through, they yelled, uh, vote him out, which is fine. Um, I don't know if me spending more time with my husband is a bad thing or not. I'm like, that is not a threat. That's a promise, and I appreciate it. But someone also yelled, you should die. Let me be clear. That is not the first time you should die has been yelled in these chambers in seven months. And so, Mr. Mayor and Madam President and Madam President Pro Tem, I say that there is a cancer in our process that cannot continue. We should not have to wait to the fourth or the fifth or the sixth takeover of Denver City Council for council members to be sneaking out of side um, ways to get out of this building. And even when we do that, folks have followed council members last night to their cars, berating them, and thankfully there were sheriffs following that council member so that possibly nothing can happen. So, Mr. Mayor, I'm not sure what you're aware of, but I am simply stating the cancerous process, the divisiveness of our elected politics has to end, and this council has to be a stop of it. We need to, as council, say that that is not acceptable, and to simply glaze over it and say that that is what democracy looks like. That's people have a right to come, no. They do not have a right to berate uh, us, to vandalize the women's bathroom on the floors. They do not have a right to take over this chamber. This is the people's chamber. And as a council member, I am proud to serve not only District 9, but as a county commissioner, the entire city and county of Denver. That was not the best of us last night. There were no votes that were going to change because of yelling and screaming and berating council members. This has to end, and whatever we're doing is not working in seven months we're now having council members being yelled at that they should die. It is not working, and I'm asking of this council to not glaze over this, to not laugh over it, but for us to do something differently so the fifth or sixth time doesn't occur.
Thank you, mm -hmm. Madam President. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, thank you, Councilman Watson, and I'll let Madam President respond in a moment. I uh, just want to say uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, both uh, apologies from us that you had to live through what last night entailed. I know other people in the council had similarly traumatic experiences. Um, I know that is the balance folks are trying to find, is how do you allow people to raise their voice and raise their voice in a way that is appropriate and that is respectful and that is productive, I think is what you're asking. Uh, uh, I will give it over to Council President to address that, who I know thank um, you so much. is in charge. Yeah, um, thanks, Councilman Watson. And um, what I think what I think is happening locally is a microcosm of what's happening nationally. Yeah. This is not just a Denver thing. This is not just a city thing. Um, the, the division sowed in our country has been happening over many years. And while you and I voted differently last night, I'm also being told to watch my back. So it didn't matter how we voted last night, um, and it didn't matter um, kind of uh, who, we, who we were calling out or um, how we were treated in the chambers. Um, the 13 of us still face, um, uh, we're still in the bullseye of some, somebody, right? And that's the nature, I think, also of how eroded our, our national climate is. And I think you add to that um, how some of our socializing has eroded during COVID um, and, and how we think change comes. We all know, you and I know in particular, um, change comes through really difficult means sometimes over generations in many cases. Um, and there isn't a room where at some point or another um, we're made to feel like an other at, at any point in time. And so um, I, I will just say I share your concern about uh, I think the tenor. What I think got overlooked wasn't that we had to leave chambers, was that we were able to continue our work. We still finished three rezonings last night. And I think the nimbleness of this body and of our team of Central and Channel 8 um, that ensured that we didn't have to kick things to another week. We didn't have to move things off the agenda. Uh, we were still able to have continuity of what we're responsible for in government as well. Um, and so uh, while I know yesterday was absolutely um, disheartening at the, at the tone in the chambers, and I, we can't always control for that, Right, um, but we have processes that still allow us to continue the thing that we're responsible for, um, and the items that we're responsible for. Um, and unfortunately, we probably all faced emails, phone calls, text messages, tones out in the community that now call for either our job or our life, and that's not right, right? So uh, no matter which way we voted, those are coming to us, and that's not fair. Um, I think. Everyone here um, takes their vote very seriously, um, takes it very thoughtfully, um, thinks about what it, what it means to the district that they represent, no matter which way we end up voting. And so I thank you for your honesty and your reflection on yesterday. I share it um, uh, and, and really do think that we model um, what we want that to look like if we want it to look differently. And so I appreciate everybody continuing to kind of carry that forward. Thank you. Councilman Hines.
build demand that we can't conduct our business, um, we want to make sure that we can conduct the people's business. And um, to uh, Council President Torres's point, um, you know, we, we have death threats. I, I have pressed charges. Someone has gone to jail and ultimately pled guilty uh, for threatening to kill me. So when we have a, a group that is refusing to even listen, um, you know, it is not outside the realm of possibility that, uh, that we might have physical harm uh, given to us, which impacts our democracy. So um, this is what our founders asked us to do more than 225 years ago, was to have three branches of government and for us to do our business. We were not fleeing. We were doing our business. Thank you. Thank you, Councilman. Council President Pro Tem, Sandoval. <clears throat> thank you, Mayor, and thank you, Councilman Watson. Um, as I sit here, I think about a time when I was a council aide and we had no public comment. And I remember sitting with my, um, with Councilman Montero, who represented Council District 9, and was concerned about exactly what happened last night with public comment. And then I remember working for my predecessor, Espinosa, and they were had some concern about exactly what would happen last night. And I just have to say, I'm proud that we have public comment. And I'm proud that we have the ability to have residents of Denver come in every single Monday night on TV and have their voices heard. And as somebody who um, has sat in the chamber, you're correct, in the last seven months three times, and in my time in council, I think maybe more than a handful. I think it's going on to hand two that I've had to deal with this and have, like I'll openly say on camera, have I had to go see therapy 100% because as a woman targeted, men don't know how it feels like to be targeted and to be thinking about a corridor or I have to park somewhere specific in a parking lot because women get attacked in parking garages all the time and have I had to take this home and like not process it with my family and process it somewhere else, 100%. And these jobs, we have to add tools into our toolboxes to do them and I'm proud that Councilman Cashman brought forward this ability to have us have public comment. And I think it has made um, me more appreciative of time on council it's given me an opportunity to tell my constituents, if you have a concern, you can say in front of all 13 of us. And as I mentioned last night, prior to my first vote, that is there um, a different type of way of talking to council members? 100%. When my dad was a state senator, when I was a little girl, people did not yell at my dad. People did not have access to my dad that way. People talk very respectful to my dad, even if they disagreed. If my dad were alive today, would my dad think that uh, the way his daughter as a council president or a council vice president or a council member representing the neighborhood she was born and raised in, would he think it's okay? No. I've had his friends call me and say it is not okay the way you are being treated, Amanda, period. And your dad would not be happy with this as somebody who served in the Senate. And I said, I understand that. And it's a different time. My dad did not have the internet. My dad did not have Twitter. My dad did not have the challenges that we are facing right now. 
And so I would just ask all of us up here that when we disagree with a vote, like I said last night, we have to come together on something else and we have to come together and in no way, shape or form am I glazing over this. Because when I go home, my daughter, who's 21, is super concerned when she turns on the nine o'clock, 10 o'clock news and sees what's happening and I don't say anything and I'm standing in the kitchen making myself a snack because I just got home and my daughter comes running into the kitchen and gives me a hug and says, that's what you just came home from, mom? You just were there and you didn't say anything? And I said, no, he thought I didn't say anything. Why? Because I don't want to sit here and think that I'm scared. This is what peep democracy is. And I chose to run for this office. And so this is like the sixth or seventh time that's happened to me. I don't need you to take that home. I don't need you to worry. I got it. And I'm, I was safe. I was with my colleagues. We, we continued business. We got online for the first time ever. And so I just want to say that I don't think any of us up here are glazing over on this. I think all of us went home. I know I had nightmares all last night. I woke up six or seven times last night and like walked around my house. And so I just want to say that I am here for you. And we are in a unique group where if you need to talk to someone, call me. I'm happy to talk to you, but, and we are not alone on this. But I just have to say your comment about glazing it over, no way, shape, or form am I am. I'm tired. I have jeans on today. I never wear jeans on a Tuesday. I am so tired. I feel like I drank all last night, and I didn't even have any fun. <laughs> and so I just want to say that let's add tools to our toolbox and mental health crisis. We talk about it from the dais. We talk about it about our constituents. We talk about it with kids. Let's actually talk about it because we're people and we might be having some mental health issues as well with the things that we are being faced with. And let's add those tools into our toolbox as well. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, thank you so much, Council President Pro Tem. Uh, Councilwoman Parity. I'll be quick, guys. I just want to say, like, um, to, I think one of the things that I ruminate a lot about this job, because you're right, like, there's not a person here who hasn't gotten um, really, really difficult uh, messages and feedback and all of those things, up to and including threats. Um, but our job, we are the people who are in the seats of power here. Um, and that. It, that doesn't mean that we don't sometimes get like hit in our identities or um, you know th that it's okay for people to threaten us or anything like that. Um, but what it does mean that is that if what we're really talking about is like hard feedback and anger short of threats, um, at that point it's about comfort. Um, and we do have a we do have the job of absorbing people's discomfort and people's anger if if they're in front of us as as elected members of their government, not not their threats and and not actual harm. I would never want that to come to any of us. Um, but but we have to like be able to live with some degree of comfort um, with the fact that like people see us as um, as representatives of of like powerful institutions that shape their lives. That's what we are. Uh, we took those jobs, we asked for those jobs. And so um, I, 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 one of the things I always think about is like punch up, not down, and be hard on systems and easy on people. I'm not gonna expect that every person that ever comes into our council chamber um, is gonna be able to speak in like a calm and eloquent way. People can't always do that um, when they're angry and when they're hurting about something and we are gonna hear it. So um, I agree that the, like, the larger dialogue is really poisonous um, and I've talked about that before. I've, I really think we, we have a job of like 
trying to figure out how to get um, get our politics in the city back to where it's more interpersonal and less um, online mediated and less filtered um, and where people are having the same conversations, not separate conversations. Um, but I don't think that includes shying away from anger in the chamber. Um, it, it will happen um, and we just have to ride it out. And I do, I agree with that council president and council uh, and pro tem Sandoval um, did a really good job helping us do that last night. So I just, I wanna say, Daryl, you should never experience people threatening you in that way. Um, and, I, and I'm sorry that that happened to you last night in particular, but I also think there's a difference between that and people expressing anger in more appropriate ways and then coming to the chamber and being angry is not inappropriate. Um, okay, um, why don't we do a couple more. Councilwoman Alvidrez and Councilwoman Gilmore. Um, thank you, Mayor. Um, you know, I listening to everybody talk um, about this and knowing how stressful it is being council president, and I really want to commend Council President Torres for the work that she did because it's not just what you see on Channel 8. It is leading up to it, and I am sure the last month has been fraught with wanting to keep everybody safe because that is our job as a democracy is to keep everybody safe. No matter what your opinion is, I wanna hear you, I wanna value it, I wanna see you, and I might be uncomfortable, I might be heartbroken, I might be scared, but I want to hear you. I do not want to be bullied or threatened with my life. Hmm. There is a difference. And as the council president's job, as this council's job, it is our job to make a space for everybody to be heard. Mm -hmm. But when it is time to cede the mic, it is time to step back and sit down and listen to what other people have to say. If we lose that ability, we have lost our democracy. And I'm not here to play around with losing our democracy because we've got a big election coming up. And if you don't think human beings don't recreate history, Councilman Cashman and I were just talking about that. And if we don't think the Holocaust happened, if we don't think that there are communities and people of color across the world, that there has been genocide done, learn your history and learn what has happened and don't recreate the same. Recreate that space to disagree and to get better and to do better. And the council president has to think of it from a place, and we have former council president Clark here as well, you have to create a space where everybody can be heard. And it doesn't matter what your opinion is. Being heard is what our democracy is all about. Otherwise, you have a dictatorship. You have a monarchy. That's not what we're here for. And so when I hear people yelling things about individuals, you're to speak to the body 
because this is what happens. Good people will not run for these jobs anymore if we allow it to devolve. And I am so proud of this entire council for coming together, shoring each other up, and we will have those hard conversations behind the scenes. I also think about the sheriff's deputies that were with us last night, that were in the hallway, who kept their de-escalation training at the forefront, they were caring about people. Protests are fine, but when we have noticed a meeting and there is city business to attend to, we have to make that space. Or the contracts that we're supposed to approve that night, we can't do the important work that needs to happen the next day. And so this isn't necessarily all about us at all. It is not. It is about the people of the city and county of Denver who depend on us every day, every day. And one group can never take that over or we have devolved and we no longer have a democracy. And so thank you, Council President. Thank you, Council Pro Tem, for all of your work. Benita, the central staff, it is scary and unsettling, but that's okay because we're gonna support each other and we're gonna move through that in a graceful, respectful way and we're gonna always listen to the people. But we can't devolve into threats and bullying and all of that and so thank you, thank you all. Thank you, Councilman. Thank you, that's and I wish address. I would have gone first because that's hard to follow, but, I, the, but that is a lot of what I wanted to say is one, I appreciate the public comment. I also appreciate leadership and the, taking that hard work. I appreciate that when I made it home, Council President had texted me to see if I made it home okay. And I think that bullying is not okay. And if you think bullying me is going to make me change my vote, you are mistaken because that will not work. And bullying, the meaningful conversation and engagement is where it's at and how I want us to lead and how I feel inspired by our experienced council members and thank you Councilman Watson for being brave enough to speak up and, and say that is that I believe in democracy. I believe, and, and it's not about me or me feeling safe or me having to have someone yell at me or threaten my life. It's about my constituents that don't wanna come to the chambers because they don't feel safe. So we're not just silencing the vo voices of council members, we're silencing community by making by holding a space that makes other people feel safe where they can't even say what they have to say and that is not okay. And we should not allow bullying to shape our policy. That's all I have to say, thank you. Thank you, Councilwoman. Anyone else on this topic? Um, okay. Um, Council President, any closing thoughts? No, you want to share? thank okay. you. Um, uh, I just wanna thank everyone here for both the, not just your service and your selflessness, but your collaboration. I know that was a difficult evening and you all pulled it together, as you said, to both get the business of the people done, to protect each other and to make sure people's voices were heard. And so uh, I trust you all to find the path forward on that balance of making sure everyone is safe and heard um, in the chambers and happy to be a partner in any way we can. I do thank you, Councilman Gilmore, for your point of, uh, I'm both glad that our sheriff's deputies were there to keep everyone safe and glad that they were there to do it in a way that was respectful to all the folks that were present. And so I think that was a real success on their part. I will, I will pass that on to them. Um, uh, okay, uh, I only have one topic on the agenda for this morning in terms of updates. Um, and it's topics that I, I've uh, talked with each of you about previously, which was just the first round of budget um, 
uh, adjustments that we announced on Friday. Uh, and as I mentioned, we do have over the next week, we've asked all the departments to come back with proposals on budget um, cuts and adjustments. You all know this because you, you saw this uh, coming. Obviously, our hope was there would be some federal support that would reduce the size of the cost the city was facing. Without that, we're now proceeding on looking at both what we can do to uh, adjust city budgets to meet those needs. Uh, really thankful to Dr. Ben, who's here, who's been a key ally with uh, Nicole, our CFO, to look at how each of these decisions will be viewed through a lens of equity in terms of the impact it can have on neighbors, uh, neighborhoods, and those that are most at risk. Uh, and so we do have teams here from both DMV and from Parks and Rec, if folks had questions about that. Uh, but we just wanted to let you know, A, uh, that first step has been taken, in part, huge thanks to Jolin and his leadership at Parks and Rec, and to John Martinez and their team, and Scott Kilmore who have really tried to be proactive about how we could take some early steps to get prepared for the spring and summer. Uh, I would say the hard news is the total cuts we announced Friday are around $5 million in total savings on a $180 million number. There is something like 30 to 40 times that still to come from other departments. And so um, we will be looking at that over the next week or two as individual departments bring proposals forward to us. Uh, and we will also be looking at ways we can try to make the provision of services to our newcomers more efficient uh, and more manageable for us. So we're doing both of those at the same time. Uh, I have no new news to share with that that I haven't already shared with you. We just wanted to open it up for questions or conversation if there was any and or if there were folks you wanted to ask questions to from either the Parks and Rec team or uh, from DMV, they are here. Councilor Cashman. Yeah, thank you, Mayor. Um, I thought I heard in, in, uh, in the press conference that there would not be uh, reductions in in uh, pay for parks and rec staff we're not there's um, summer jobs we're not going to hire on that are a loss to those people but uh, did I hear that correctly Joel and you want to come on up and wondering as well um, with the closures for DMV does that end up in reduction in pay to the DMV staff or will they be circulating around to make up for that? Thank DMV you. one I can answer more easily. I'll let Joel and answer the Parks and Rec one if you want to, Joel, go right ahead. Uh, good morning, Council. Joel Clark, Parks and Recreation. Um, before I answer that, having recently sat in your seat, thank you for your service to the city. Um, it it is, gives me great pride to sit here, seeing the wonderful people who are stepping and standing and holding a very difficult space. So thank you for your service. Um, the the uh, Councilman, um, the, we, the cuts that were announced, we're looking at all across um, our, you know, recreation programming and recreation centers, and there there will be reductions. I mean, when we're, we're talking about taking a center and it's not gonna be open on a day, there are reductions in hours that are available. Um, as we look at which programs are, are cut, there are gonna be reductions for, you know, folks who are providing those. So we don't have the full um, picture of that yet, and I'll let, um, um, uh, my deputy here, John Martinez, answer if, if, if we have more of that. But so we don't know the full impact on exactly what that is. But yes, a reduction in, in hours that centers are open and in programs will have an impact on our employees. Thanks for that clarification. And specifically, I think it, for some hourly employees, if you have a reduced number of hours, that would be a net change in take home. Um, and obviously there's some new hourlies that are on calls or that we wouldn't be hiring. Some might be people who've worked seasonally for us for many years who wouldn't be coming back and we, we, that is an impact. Um, DMV is slightly different. What we did there is we paused a kind of the equivalent of a cadet class for the DMV, a set of new hires that we would have been bringing on to fill open openings we're not bringing in. Uh, but that means the employees there 
as we close each each regional center for a week, those employees would move to other sites, and so that doesn't change their total workday or their total take-home pay. Uh, that is the true for DMV. It was because we, we we paused an incoming class. They don't have nearly as high of a seasonal employee base as Parks and Rec does, which is the city's largest. Um, so DMV, it looks like, may maintain their hours by shifting around. Correct. But it's parks that may take a hit along the we way. We'll have some folks with reduced hours. Thank there. you. I yeah, appreciate great it. Question. Had it backwards. Uh, Councilmember Mayor Campbell. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I did have a question, and I guess it's more of a statement for some of the cuts for uh, Denver Parks and Rec. I just want to put it out there that I'm deeply concerned that we are cutting um, time at rec centers and things that will, I think, disproportionately affect our young people. Um, it is, I mean, I think rec centers are such a place for um, not only broader community to come together, but it's a place for, you know, for kids to go during the summer. We have one rec center in District 4, and I know there are so many more across the, um, across the city. When I think about what keeps kids active, what keeps kids engaged, um, and we've had a lot of discussion about kind of youth violence prevention. Um, we've had a lot of discussion around, you know, where kids are incredibly resilient but also need an anchor and a place um, for connection. So programs for kids, one. And then secondly, um, when I think about our staff that are working in rec centers, oftentimes this is the first job. Um, these are jobs for young people. These are jobs for you know high school and college age kids. So again, that trajectory or that that um, entry into the workforce, I think our Denver Parks and Rec plays a very unique position um, to really bring our young people in with some job skills. So I just want to put it out there or maybe ask, are there other things that we can do? Um, because again, these, uh, this is, this is our young, these are, this is our young people. These are our young people. And, um, let's be real disproportionately. We know we have lots of kids of color who are, this is, you know, maybe not joined in a private pool, but this is their connection and link to, um, summer activities. So I'm just very concerned that this is where we're starting. Um, and, to be able to take that off the table is, um, I, just, I just feel like we will have longer term impact and disproportionately affecting our young people. Uh, thank you, Councilwoman, and I'll let Joel Kruppelman if he wants to. I do just wanna say first, um, these were not at all first because they were easy. Um, they were first because they are time sensitive in terms of the decisions that have made by the departments. And I do wanna be clear, none of these decisions is gonna be easy. Uh, and to be clear, this is not even the beginning of the cuts we're making for Parks and Rec alone, mm -hmm. not to mention for the other 24 agencies around the city. And so I want, this is why I, I, I reground us and I don't know that people have a sense for just how daunting this number is gonna be for us to get to without massive cuts to city services. Um, we're gonna try to do everything we can to limit the impact and really credit to Jolin and to uh, Ben at OSCI and others who I think came up with a better innovation to say here rather than at many of the local centers closing days to actually adjust hours so we don't have more days where kids don't have access to services. Um, uh, but as you know, uh, there are uh, almost every dollar we spend in the city, we believe we spend efficiently and effectively on services that matter to people. So it is not easy to take this chunk of services away and not have an impact. But we are gonna work very proactively on what are the ways in which we can think about how to activate and support communities and groups of young people that are most likely to need those services or times and how do we help wrap around both philanthropic support, community support, other nonprofits. As you know, there have been incredible 
groundswell of support from people around the city who've really stepped in to help support migrants uh, successfully. Uh, and we're so grateful for that. And I think we will need some of that uh, community spirit around how we can help activate neighborhoods for, for young people as well who need those services. So we're all in to do what we can to mitigate that. But I uh, do want you to know this was not at all first because it was easy. Uh, it was first because it was hard and because I think the team realized they wanted to get a head start in this rather than waiting to take bigger cuts later. Yeah, I'll just reinforce that that even though this came out first is not like, hey, we'll cut this first, that gets there. It was really our effort and we appreciate the, the mayor's office and Department of Finance uh, allowing us to kind of have that conversation early, and, you know, because every day that we wait, that cut has to be deeper when it comes to these. And we know that these are critical services for our kids, for our communities. And so we wanted to make the cut as early as possible so that it could be as shallow as possible. You know, if we wait a month while we figure out the totality um, of it, then that impact is deeper. And so this was really early action to minimize the impact as much as possible. But, and I'll reiterate that at $180 million, there is no corner uh, of the city that this is not gonna touch, that this is not gonna affect. There are no easy, there are no easy cuts. There's no easy way to get there and it touches everything. And this allows us to minimize that impact in a critical area as much as possible by taking early action, not a cut this first because this is easy or that's not a priority. Councilwoman Can I actually ask a follow-up to that? Mayor Campbell, I'm sorry, I'm back I don't to you if that's okay. I just have a real quick question. So, um, and I appreciate that. You know, uh, my job before this was to run a nonprofit, and this is uh, doing out-of-school time programs for kids. And so, I think the community impact is going to not only affect the city, but we will have ripple effect um, of what this means for our nonprofit community and providing programs. And so, for that, I do thank you because planning does happen in the winter for summer um, and as you're thinking about who you are able to hire and what programs and locations absolutely um, have we been in discussion with Denver Public Schools as far as opening up maybe some of the um, pools at the um, at the high schools um, and access for community uh, we have not yet but that's a that's a good feedback we'll take back okay. so, thank you um, uh, thank you so much Councilman Sawyer Actually, you can walk away, it's fine. Um, I wanted to say thank you to Parks and Rec um, in particular for leading on this issue. There are 24 agencies. Um, all of them have budgets that are very precious to them um, that provide important services to our residents. And um, I appreciate your leadership in being willing to come out first and, and um, sacrifice something that we are that is very difficult. It's gonna be difficult for us, it's gonna be difficult for our residents, it's gonna be difficult for your agency. Um, and so I just want to acknowledge that leadership and say thank you because I think it's really, um, I know you lived with me through COVID. Um, we know what this is going to look like. We know that there is going to be a ripple effect in the community. We know that we're going to start seeing kids in parks and then we're going to start getting calls and then, you know, the potential of them ending up justice involved gets higher and it's not great and it's scary um, for all of us. And so, um, you know, this is the first of many really difficult, really ugly cuts. We have seen this before, and I just wanted to say thank you um, for your leadership in recognizing what this looks like and doing it anyway. Thanks. Thank you, Councilman. I agree with that entirely, not just from the, that evident from the leadership, but it's evident from all the, every team member at Parks and Rec and DMV who said we will figure out a way to work harder um, and make this happen, and that spirit is, um, is incredible, and we also gotta support them and protect them as much as we can in the midst of these hard decisions, so thank you for that. Um, 
Okay, I don't think, unless there's any other questions on this, we will be back for this conversation multiple times, and so this is just the first step, but I wanted to make sure and make those folks available if people have them. Um, uh, I think without any other further business, we do have one item on executive session today, so uh, I will now entertain a motion to move us into an executive session pursuant to DRMC 234A3 and 6 for the purpose of discussing the settlement of ongoing litigation against the city. So moved. So moved. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Um, all opposed? <laughs> think somehow that passed, um, despite my <laughs> procedural lack of clarity. Uh, okay, we will begin executive session. Thank you all so much for Present. being here.